So, good to see everybody again. Thank you so much for being here. Let's get into the Word. We're going to look at a scripture we've looked at many, many, many times here at the bridge because it is the scripture that we base our vision statement on. And it is in John chapter 10, verse 10, the last part of that verse. This is the Amplified Bible. Jesus says, I want you to notice this, I came so that... Jesus is about to tell us the reason he came to the earth. And we've been celebrating that at Christmas. Jesus came to the earth. So Jesus is about to tell us the primary reason he came to the earth as a human being. I came to the earth as a human being so that everyone they may have and enjoy life and have it in, that means to the full till it overflows. See, a lot of times we read this and we think, well, he's talking about the resurrection. He's talking about uh, he is going to be resurrected so that we can be resurrected spiritually and never die, and one day we get to go to heaven. And that's true. He did come for that, and that is really the primary reason he came. But he said, I want you to have life in abundance to the full, till it overflows, now, now. So it's not just about the sweet by and by. It's not just about having an abundant life and enjoying life in heaven. It's not just about having life to the full until it overflows in heaven. It's not just about the sweet by and by. It's about the nasty now and now. You can have life and have it more abundantly now. Now, that doesn't mean a problemless life. That doesn't mean a life without challenges. That doesn't mean a life without some tough days and some tough seasons of life. But Jesus said, I came so that even when you're going through the tough seasons of life and the tough days of life, you will have a joyful life even in the midst of that environment. Because joy, joy is not happiness. Happiness is based on what happens. That's where the word happiness comes from. If something good happens, then you're what? But joy isn't based on whether something happened good or not. Joy is internal. So no matter what's going on external, joy is an internal heart thing, and your joy level when you're walking in intimacy with God stays high even when the stuff around you isn't good. So, happiness is like a thermometer. What does a thermometer do? It registers the temperature of the room. What does a thermostat do? This is, this is joy. Thermostat's like joy. Uh, joy's like a thermostat. It sets the temperature of the room. So when you are going through tough times, if you're walking in intimacy with God, you can maintain your joy level even when stuff's really, really tough and really, really bad and really, really negative all around you. As a matter of fact, the greatest testimony of a Christian is when they maintain their joy in the dark hours of life. Because see, that's when unbelievers are watching us. That's when they've got their eyes on us. They're like, you know, He's all happy, she's all happy when things are going well, but right now they're going through a really hard time, a really dark time, really the toughest time they've ever been through in their life, so let's watch them and see how they react in the dark times. 
And when we have joy in the darkness, and joy don't mean you don't cry. And joy doesn't mean you don't feel grief. And joy doesn't mean you don't feel pain. But in the midst of all that, your joy level stays up. I'm telling you, there is not a more powerful testimony from the life of a believer than to maintain a high joy level in the dark times because that's when the unbelievers are watching us. Does that make sense? You guys with me this morning? So Jesus said, you don't have to get your joy somewhere else. I've come to give that. I've come to give you life. I've come to give you a joyful life. And, and when I read that, I thought, you know, in essence, Jesus is saying the reason I came to earth in a human body is to give life, to provide abundant life, to provide life to the fullest level, overflowing life. And these words of Jesus are the foundation of our vision statement here at the bridge. And the vision statement here at the bridge is, you should know it, it's up in different places in the church, you see it on the stuff we print, it's giving life by giving Christ. Now the reason we put that little tagline on there, by giving Christ, is because we're not giving the kind of life that's temporary. We're giving the kind of life that is eternal, and the only way you can give eternal life is through Jesus Christ. Now, if you're having a bad day, and I come up to you and pat you on the back and encourage you and give you some positive motivational quotes and all that, then I've given you life, but that's, that's temporary. That's temporary. I've encouraged you, and that's good. And A lot of people even have that spiritual gift of encouragement. But what we're doing here at the bridge is we're not just giving life. We're not just saying be positive, think positive, and, and all of that's good. There's nothing wrong with that. But that has to be based on a personal relationship with Jesus Christ or it's fleeting. It doesn't last. It goes away. In other words, if your hap is good, you're happy. If your hap is bad, you're unhappy. So we are here to give life. We want to give life as a church. But the only way we can give life that matters, give life that's eternal, is by giving Christ, leading people to Christ. It's only in him that we find this kind of life. This vision statement came to me several years ago as our church was doing an analysis of our church. We were going through what was called a SWOT analysis. What are the strengths of the bridge, the weaknesses of the bridge, the opportunities of the bridge, the threats of the bridge? SWOT analysis. Some of you in the business world have gone through that with your job or with your team on your job. It's, it's nothing new, but we went through it as a church. As a matter of fact, we're probably going to do that again in 2015 because uh, this was several years ago, so we need to go through that again. What are the strengths of our church? What are the weaknesses? What are the opportunities we're not taking advantage of? And what are the threats that could harm the ministry of our church? It was a very enlightening time uh, for our church and a very um, uh, prominent time for growth and spiritual development and understanding things that we had never understood them before. So we were praying together and seeking God and everyone was looking to me. I was a senior pastor. Pastor, what's our vision? How can we create a vision statement that's going to stick with everybody? So I want to talk to you a little bit about where that came from and why we say giving life by giving Christ. It's not just a little motto. It's not just little words we say. It has a lot of meaning behind it. As a matter of fact, I'm hoping today that the Lord will anoint me and the Lord will touch me so that we can take this message and put it on a DVD, put it on a CD, 
and hand it out to people as they come into our church. New people, and they can listen to this message and find out what giving life by giving Christ is. So what is it? His church, the church of Jesus Christ, is the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. Now Jesus said when he came here in his body, he said, I'm coming to give life. So now he has died on a cross, resurrected from the grave, and ascended into heaven, right? Jesus is in heaven, and one day he's coming again. So what are we supposed to do as the bridge, as Christians? What are we supposed to do until he gets back? The Bible says we are now the body of Christ. He ascended, so now the church, Christians, are the body of Christ. So I would assume, I'm a simple man. I'm the mayor of Realville, y'all know that. So if Jesus said that his purpose in being here in body was to be a life giver, and now he's ascended and he said, Bridge, now you're the body of Christ. Everyone who knows Christ around the world, you're the body of Christ then I think that should be our vision, that we give life, that we are life givers because now we are the body of Christ. So it's only natural to me that the bridge who is a part of the worldwide body of Christ should be focused on the same thing Jesus was focused on when he walked in this world for 33 and a half years, giving life. And the only way we can give life is by connecting people to him. Are y'all with me? So our goal here at the bridge, when you walk in the door, um, one of the things we try to be intentional about and we're always improving on is making sure that everybody that walks in our door, especially those we've never seen and we don't know anything about them, that our first consideration of that person is that they're probably saying or maybe they're saying, I'm giving God one more chance. I'm walking into, I mean, there could be people here today, especially the first Sunday of the new year. Um, there could be a lot of people here today who are going, yeah, that's my New Year's resolution, is that I'm going to get back in church, and the church I'm going to begin with is the bridge. I've heard about this bridge. I heard they're kind of wacky over there. They're kind of crazy. I heard they got a messed up pastor. He's kind of crazy. So it sounds like the church for me. So I'm going to go over there and visit this church. So let's say some people walk in the door this morning. I believe it will happen today. And I believe it will happen a lot over the next few Sundays as people uh, kind of grab onto those New Year's resolutions and say, I'm going to get back in church. But a lot of them are saying, I've been in church and been out of church and been in church and been out of church. I've, I've, I've not been in churches that really do what they say. I've been in churches who say a lot, but they don't really do a lot. I've been in churches where they're very judgmental, where they're kind of hateful, and where they look at me, you know, with the skunk eye because maybe I got a tattoo or maybe I got a, a earring and it's not in my ear. <laughs> Y'all know what I mean? And so, or, you know, and so maybe that person's going, I'm looking for a church that's going to, that's going to be life giving to me no matter where I'm at in my journey, no matter where I'm at in my journey. And I think we can be that church. So let me just talk a little bit from a cultural perspective, first of all, from a cultural perspective, what a life-giving church looks like. Next slide. From a cultural perspective. Boom. So here's what, so when I say culture, what do I mean? Let me just give you a, a real quick illustration of culture. Let's say you go into a, a really, really nice restaurant. 
And when you walk in the door, you're greeted and you're led to a, the environment is clean. The environment is the temperature is just right. The lights are just right. Um, everybody treats you, you know, like they were expecting you, like they're glad you're there, like they understand if this guy buys a meal here, that's helping pay my salary, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so they walk in, they're appreciated, they're expected. They're given a comfortable seat at a comfortable table. The guy's got a little cloth over his arm, you know, and, or the gal, and they're waiting on you and they're serving you. And the culture of that restaurant is peaceful. Um, you're, you're served well. They pay good attention to you. Now, back in the back where the food's being cooked, how many of you know that's a different culture back there? I need that steak now. And then he walks out and goes, here's your steak. Hope you enjoy it. So what, what, is, the, what is the culture? How, how many of you have been in a restaurant where the culture was bad? Or you've been in a, hey, you've been in a church where the culture was bad. You've been in a church. How many of you have ever gone to a church where it's all about the people who attend, and when you walk in and they don't recognize you, or you're not uh, dressed a certain way, or you don't, you're not kin to a certain group of people, can I preach? Or you don't, okay, and so you don't have, and so you get the skunk eye. Y'all know what the skunk eye is? That's the skunk eye. It's one way of giving it. Um, and so they, they understand that the culture of that church communicates, um, we're not really happy you're here because you don't look like us, you don't act like us, you don't smell like us. You look like somebody, you're not fixed. You know, we're fixed. You need to be fixed. Uh, that kind of culture. Well, we don't want that. We, we don't want that culture here. So let me just give you a few words, and if you're taking notes, write these down. Under culture, we want an accepting culture here at the bridge. An accepting culture. My vision for the bridge is that we would be a church for people who don't really like church. I would be one of those people. I've been to a lot of churches. I have pastored churches that if I lived there, I would not go to the church I pastor. <laughs> Amen. I'm telling you, I, I've pastored churches that I thought, man, if I lived in this town, this is where I'd go to church. This is where I'd go. Well, you know what? I'm pastoring a church now that if I lived here and I wasn't a pastor, this is where I'd want to go to church. Amen. This is where I'd want to be in church. Now, that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean everybody wants to be here. I, I hear all the time from people who think, you know, I wish your, your church needs to be more like this, or I'll hear little criticisms. They're never directly to me. I always hear about them through the grapevine, and, you know, the bridge don't do this, and they do this. I had a guy tell me, I don't know if I told you all this story. Uh, he told me, he said, man, I heard before I came to the bridge that everybody sits in a recliner and watches TV while they drink coffee. And he said, I thought, that's the church for me. I'm going to that church. So a lot of things are said about us that are not true, but I want us to be a church for people who don't really like church, who think church is irrelevant, who think church is boring, and who dread the next time they have to go and the way they're motivated to be there is you ought to be more faithful. You ought to come more. Y'all ain't coming enough. You're not giving enough. We want to be a church that 
you want to be here. We want to be a church that is about ministry that you want to give because you believe in the ministries of that church. You believe in the outreach of that church. You believe in what that church does with its money. So we want to be a church for people who have had some bad experiences and don't really care for church. Um, as your pastor, I want a warm atmosphere, and I think we have that here. I think we have a warm, friendly atmosphere. You might be new, or you might the timing might not have been right, and you didn't get the warm welcome. But I'll tell you, if you'll keep coming, it'll connect. Sometimes, you know, the timing can just be off. You can walk in, and a person turns this way instead of turn toward you, and, and you're kind of left. That's not intentional. It's just stuff happens like that sometimes. Give us, give us more than one chance. A warm, friendly, casual atmosphere. I've got my jeans on today, no tie. But once in a while, I'll bust out a tie. Amen? Everybody thinks I've got a funeral that afternoon, but that's all right. I'll bust out a little tie, and I'll wear my dress pants and my dress shirt, you know. I, I have different moods. And this one is called morning mist. So, <laughs> so, so I never know what I'm, when I get up in the morning what I'm going to wear. And so I think today, I looked out the window, so I'm going to go with morning mist today. So you never know how I'm going to be dressed. I might be in jeans. Uh, I'll never be in shorts, though, because nobody wants that. Nobody <laughs> wants to see that. And uh, so, uh, But I want a warm, friendly, casual atmosphere, life-giving environments. I want you to walk in. I want people to walk in and go, this doesn't look like a church. I think, I think we get that, don't you? here at the bridge. It doesn't look like a church. I don't want it to look like a church. I don't want it to be churchy. I don't want people to act churchy. I don't want people talking church language, you know, walk up to a new person and go, hey, man, have you been washed in the blood? <laughs> the guy goes, I don't believe I have, and I don't believe I'll be back here, you know, because <laughs> he doesn't know what that means. A place where everyone's perceived as broken, not fixed. I'm not fixed. Whoa, that's a little loud. I, I'm not fixed. She knows me. This woman's been coming to our church a long time. She knows me. Amen, y'all. He ain't fixed, I'm telling you. He's like that dog in my house. He needs to get fixed. You know what I'm saying? I'm not. I'm broken. I mess up. I mess up. I get up here and tell you I mess up. I get up here and tell you my struggles. I get up here and tell you I've got issues, I've got temptations, I, I battle stuff. And, and I, want, I want you to understand that about me, and I'm going to understand that about you. And you know what that does? That gives us space. That gives us space to give second chances to each other. And so everyone is perceived as broken. Everybody, Pastor Farrell included, at the top of the list, is in constant need of grace from God. I'm in constant need of mercy from God. I don't mean I just needed it when I was lost and I was getting saved. I need it now. I need it today. I need forgiveness. I need mercy. I need grace. Our church, as I've said many times, I want it to be a hospital for the broken, not an exclusive Christian club for people who pretend that they have it all together because anybody who says they got it all together are pretending because nobody has it all together. Nobody. What did Paul say? Paul said, the thing that I want to do that's good, I don't do that. I end up doing the bad thing. And Paul said, the bad thing I don't want to do, I, that's the thing I end up doing. You know what Paul was saying? I messed up. 
I'm a work in progress. Listen to me. Everybody's a work in progress. Billy Graham is in his 90s, and he's still a work in progress. But one day soon, it's going to come on the news that he's gone, and he'll no longer be a work in progress. He will go from sanctification to glorification. And that's when his spiritual growth stops. But as long as you're alive on this earth, you're in development. You're in development. I want this to be a place where people are allowed to fail without being judged and ostracized. I want the bridge to be a place where people know they can get a second chance and a third and a tenth chance. You know why? Because I need that. And if you're not going to give that, you better hope you don't need it. Because you're going to reap what you sow. If you're judgmental, you're going to hold everybody to the line, you're going to give them a certain amount of chances, and then the forgiveness ends, then that's what you're going to reap when you need forgiveness. I'm preaching up here. (laughs) The next thing I want to see at the bridge is innovation. I want us to have a lot of innovation. I think we do a good job at that. I want us to go further with that. Creative in the presentation of the gospel, different ways. You know, standing up here, a guy talking to people sitting in rows, that's not the only way to present the gospel. There are many, many ways to present the gospel, creative ways to present the gospel. As a matter of fact, in 2015, I want my staff to hear me say this. How many of y'all remember we had Art Sunday uh, about a year ago and people brought their art? We're going to do that again this year because God speaks through art. Do you believe that? God speaks through art, and we want to find out what your art is. And some of you brought stuff, and I'm not sure you have art as a gift. But anyway, (laughs) it isn't what I think. It's what God thinks. Amen? So I want us to always be, listen to this statement. Listen to this. This is an important statement. I want the bridge to always be confusing and offensive to people who worship religion. I want the bridge to always be talked about and whispered about and gossiped about by people who worship church tradition and worship religion. Now, I'm not against some church traditions. There are some church traditions that are good, but you can't worship them. I mean, at Christmas time, I want to hear some old school Christmas music, don't you? That's a tradition. I can't, I can like a tradition, but I can't worship a tradition. And what's happened and what's thrown so many churches off is they have taken tradition and and they have elevated it above Scripture. And people people are more um, intentional and intense about maintaining traditions that have developed through the years than they are about the Word of God. You hear people say, well, my old grandma. Yeah, I love your old grandma. I love my old grandma. I want to be a grandpa. I can't wait to be a grandpa, but being an old grandpa and an old grandma and serving God for a hundred years does not make you infallible. The only person who's infallible is Jesus Christ and his word. So we don't worship tradition. We will change on you. We will change methods on you. So we've got to be innovative. I want us to I want us to be a church that doesn't prioritize church traditions and methods above Christ. You know what? I want you to always be asking, can we do that in church? I do. I want y'all to always be going, is that okay to do that? 
Is it okay for a pastor to say that in church? You know, like when you read a scripture and the word but is in it, and I tell you that's a big but, <laughs> and that we need more big buts in the church, and you go, I don't know if you can say that. Yes, I just said it. <laughs> you say, why do you say stuff like that? Because there's a regular old guy sitting out there who goes, he said but, man, I like that. I'm talking to that guy too. I'm preaching to that guy. I want us to be a generous church. I want us to always know we're not the only church in town. And I want us to never think you got to come here, you're not going to church. Man, I wish I had more time. The bridge is just one church who does it one way. There are tons of other churches who do it different ways, and they're going to reach people who the bridge isn't for them. Don't criticize those churches. Don't talk about those churches. Don't put those churches down. They're reaching people we'll never reach. And we're reaching people they'll never reach. So we're not the only church. Be generous toward other churches. We're going to partner with other life-giving churches and other life-giving ministries and organizations, even secular organizations that are life-giving, like the Red Cross. We're going to hook up with them. We're going to connect with them. We're going to always be about missions and generous toward missions, foreign missions, American missions, and local community mission ministries. In order for our church to be generous, you got to be generous. We can't be generous as a church unless you're generous individually, unless you're generous as a family. So I'm asking you to look at what you gave last year and challenge yourself and say, how could we, how could my family give more? Even a little bit more, even a little bit more makes a big difference. It isn't the amount, it's the sacrifice. So ask God, God, how can I be more generous? I, we're going to always place a high value on children in this church and students. We're going to offer high quality, loving, exciting teaching and environments for children. Our teaching to our children and our students is going to be Bible-based and Christ-centered. The environments are going to wow the parents. Do you know why we do awesome environments for the children? The kids are okay with it, but we do it for the parents. Because when a, when a new family walks in here and they walk in our children's environment, they go, you know what? This church values kids. This church cares about kids. So you know what? I don't know what it's like over there in the big church, but I think this is going to be our church just because of the way they treat our kids. And then when they get over here, they go, hey, man, that's pretty cool over there too. And so we want to be a church that places that high value on children and, and students. And I, I'm happy to say that Pastor Andrew Price and Pastor Josh Overton are doing a great job. And you look around, amen, and you see the, you see the fruit of what they're doing. Hey, Pastor Andrew got him a brand new baby since we were here last. How about that? How about that? God is good, isn't he? Discipleship, that's got to become a bigger priority here. Here's what we do in discipleship. I think when I preach, that's discipleship. If you'll take notes, if you'll write down what I preach, then you're going to get some discipleship right here on Sunday morning, but that can't be all. You need to be in a life group. 
We have Bible classes that you can be in. We have leadership training opportunities. Whether you're a leader or not, go ahead and take the training. Then when we're looking for a leader, we're going to say, hey, this guy took the training. Let's talk to him. You, you can take leadership training for your job, your secular job. You can take the leadership training here. It's across the board. It'll help you. And I'm glad to announce one-on-one -on -one mentoring is being developed at our church and is already rolling. And so if you're one of those people and you say, man, I'd love to have some one-on-one -on -one time and you're willing to commit an hour or two a week with one-on-one -on -one with a spiritually mature person, we'll connect you to that person. We'll hook you up to them. Now let me give you real quickly a few tangible goals coming up, a few tangible goals. Now I am confident, this is going to freak y'all out just a little bit, but I'm confident that God's told me when my last Sunday at this church is going to be. Now, as soon as I said that, it started flashing yellow down here. So, y'all didn't see it, but I did. It was just the timing of, I wonder if that was God going, I haven't told you that. Anyway, I feel like I know when my last Sunday's going to be. And I'm not going to tell you, and the reason I'm not going to tell you when it is is because it's nowhere in the near future. And y'all were supposed to be really happy about that. But anyway, <laughs> it's, nowhere, it's nowhere in the near future. But I know, guys, I'm 58 years old. And so I'm going to pastor this church as long as God wants me to, but i got some other stuff I want to do before I go to heaven. And uh, so we're going to look at the next period of time as a way to get our church ready for your next pastor. Now, if I'm a good pastor, I'm not going to walk off from you and go, well, let's see how they do now. That's my strut right there, as good as I got. I'm not going to do that. If I'm a good leader, if I'm a good pastor, I'm going to, I'm going to, we're going to work together as a staff and we're going to pick the pastor way before I leave. And I'm going to work with him a few years at the end so he can transition in and, and, you know, it's like running that race and then I'm about to hand the baton off to the guy behind me and I'm going to run over here and do something else. You don't just stop running and go, well, I wonder who will pick up the race now. There is an, it's very, very important. It's very, very important that we set this church up so that when I'm gone, the next guy who comes in just takes it to another level. And I think that's going to happen. I think the next guy who comes in to be your pastor is going to take this church where I could never take it. Because guess what? It isn't mine. This isn't my church. This is God's church. Let me hurry. Let me just give you some goals. Some goals uh, that I want to see accomplished between now and the time I leave. I want to see, and look, these are miracle goals. Somebody told me dream big, so these are big. We're going to establish the bridge to hope. Now, how many of y'all have been hearing about the bridge to hope? Okay. It's going to be a, it's going to be a facility in the city of Goldsboro, where, and, it, and it's going to be led by Pastor Jimmy Bryant, and it's going to be a facility that people can come to to get all kinds of help. And I'm not going to go into details about that. You're going to be hearing more and more about that. It's going to be medical. It's going to be educational. We're just going to meet other needs in people so that we can eventually, hopefully, lead them to a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. But how many of you know, before Jesus talked to the people about accepting him, he fed them because they were hungry. He took care of them. He took care of their needs. So the bridge to hope, you're going to be hearing about that. I believe when I leave... We can be averaging 3,000 in attendance. Who's with me on that? 3,000 people in attendance. Hey, listen to this. 
I believe when I leave, if we work really hard, I can leave a debt-free church to the next guy. And i got to tell you, I am way jealous about that. Do you all know what our monthly mortgage is? $35,000 a month. Can you imagine what we could do if our debt was paid off? $35,000 a year extra, I mean a month, to do ministry with? Do the math on that and just see what God could do. I believe by the time I leave, we can be debt-free. Now, that's a miracle. That would take a miracle, but I believe we can do it. I want to relocate the bridge Goldsboro to a larger campus because they're maxed out. Now, they're about to go to another service, but they're already full in the two services. And I guarantee you, when we start that third service, it's going to max out just like that. I also want to plant a third campus probably in Smithfield before I leave. We'll have another campus in Smithfield. Got any Smithfield people that would help us with that? Campus in Johnston County people help me with that. Mm, that was a lot of you. Whew. Don't want all of you leaving me. Number six. Where, uh, before I leave, I'm going to announce who your next senior pastor is going to be. And uh, there will be about a two-year transition of me working with that. Pastor, after I announce it, there will be about a two-year transition of me working with your new senior pastor so that I can hand him that baton. Now let's talk about some goals for this year, and then I'm done. Establishment of the Bridge to Hope. I believe that will be done this year, 2015. The Bridge to Hope, the facility in Goldsboro that's going to uh, reach out to people, uh, especially in the poor, poverty-stricken areas of Goldsboro, uh, Bridge to Hope. If you want to know more about that, Pastor Jimmy's the man to talk to. Some things are in the works he can't talk to you about, but some miraculous things have happened recently that is going to fire you up. I believe that we averaged 1,665 in 2014. We averaged 1,665. I believe in 2015 we can average at least 1,800 as we move toward 3,000. Y'all with me? So I believe next year that we can average 1,800 this year, 2015. Uh, I would love to see us pay $50,000 directly on the principal that we owe this year. Wouldn't you love to see that? $50,000 on the principal that we owe so we can start whittling down that uh, goal. What if we gave 5% more than we gave last year? That would be $120,000 year uh, this year more than last year. What if we gave 7.5% more than we did last year? That would be $180,000 more. What if we gave 10% more than last year, that would be $240,000 more. I believe if everybody will just take the next step in your giving, just take the next step. I'm going to do it. Just take the next step in your giving. If you're giving $5 a week, first of all, that ain't enough. But if you're giving $5 a week, take the next step. Could you give 10? If you give 10, could you give 15? If you give 15, could you, could you give 20, 25, 30? Take the next step in your giving next year. How do we do this? Prayer and fasting. And we're going to start with a Refresh on Wednesday night, starting this Wednesday night, four Wednesday nights in a row. It's called Refresh. We're going to gather here. We're going to have praise and worship for 15 minutes. I'm going to share quickly for about 15 minutes. And the last 30 minutes on Wednesday night over the next four Wednesday nights is going to be spent in prayer. Prayer about our church. We're going to have a prayer list for you to pray from. We're going to have people working in the altar. If you'd like to have special prayer, we're going to have ministers working in the altar. If you want to go in the back row and kneel down and pray by yourself, that's fine. So there'll be praise and worship. I'll share a brief message, and then we're going to spend the last 30 minutes in prayer. That's four Wednesday nights in a row. We're asking you also to fast during that time. Now, here's how I'm going to fast. And if you don't understand fasting, we'll get some information out on that. 
but I'm going to fast. I'm going to not, I'm going to, I'm going to have lunch on Tuesday and then I'm not going to eat again until dinner on Wednesday, supper, dinner, whatever you call it on Wednesday. So I'm going to fast for 24 hours, all four of those weeks, a 24 hour fast. And then we're going to come in. I want you to eat before you come to church and we're going to come in and then we're going to have our worship time. We're going to have our prayer time seeking God because only God can do these things I'm talking about. Pharaoh can't do these things. Our deacon board is awesome as they are, our elder board rather, our, our, our staff. We can't do this. If God don't do this, it ain't going to get done. The next thing you've got to do is you've got to take ownership. You've got to take ownership. You, you can't keep standing on the sidelines expecting somebody else to do it. You've got to get in the game. Come on now. This is your church. You've got to get in the game. You've got to ask yourself right now, what am I doing? How am I making this happen? Am I making this happen? What, what's my role? You can't stand on the sidelines and go, you guys go, everybody go, go, go. No, 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 no. You've got to get in. You've got to find out what your place is. You say, I don't have any. Yes, you do. Let me tell you something. Are you breathing? Then you've got a purpose for being here. Matter of fact, if you keep telling God you don't have no purpose, he might just take you on out. It's like the guy said. He said, well, I'm ready to go to heaven, but if they're getting up a busload today, I'd just soon wait. So, what are you doing? What are you doing? What's your role? How are you going to help us make this become a reality? How are you going to do it? We need you to help us. And here's how you can do it. Be faithful in your attendance. Stop using online church to sit home. Stop it. Get out here. You say, well, I'm there in spirit. I know there's so many people in here in spirit sometimes it gets spooky. I don't want you to be here in spirit. I want you to be here in the flesh. And online church is a wonderful thing unless it's an excuse for you not to be in church. Matter of fact, I've noticed a lot of people that watch online don't give online. Did I say that out loud? I meant to. Invite, 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 invite. Invite, invite, invite. Be a bringer. Bring people to church with you. Bring people to church with you. Use the tools we give you. Use the just because cards. Use the invite cards. Use them. Hand them out to people. Leave them at the doctor's office. Put them in places people will find them and pick them up. Invite people. Go door to door. Just walk around your neighborhood and leave an invite card in some mailboxes. You know, we're not even asking you to knock on doors and talk to people face to face. Just use the tools. Use the tools. Got a message during Christmas from a guy. He said, man, I was so discouraged. I was so discouraged. He said, I felt like nobody loved me. I felt like I just felt terrible. I just had a big argument with my wife. He said, I just felt so lost. He said, and I went up to McDonald's and there was this lady in front of me. And he said, I was thinking, what are you taking so long? I'm ready to eat. You know, he was just aggravated. And when he got up there, the lady said, here's a card from this lady in front of you. She paid for your meal. And he said, it touched my heart, Pastor. He said, it was nothing in the world but God just saying to me, I'm with you. I haven't left you. Use the tools. Use them. Share what's happening at the bridge on social media, Facebook and Twitter. Tell people, when you go out of this service today, if this touched you, if you're fired up after hearing this message, put it out there. Tell everybody what God's doing at the bridge. And tell them, if you go to another church, stay at your church. We're not trying to get you to leave your church and come to our church. But if you're not in a church, we'd love to have you at the bridge. 
all you got to do is do a survey. People say, when you ask them, why don't you go to church, the number one reason people don't go to church is they say this, nobody ever asked me. Nobody ever invited me. Send some private messages. Don't just post it generally. Do post it generally, but don't just post it generally. Do a private message and go, I've been thinking about you. I think you'd really like our church. I wanted to give you a special invitation. Pick up the phone. Send a text. Increase your financial giving. We've already talked about that. And be life-giving. You've got to be life-giving. Be life-giving in the words you say. Be life-giving in your facial expressions. Be life-giving in your actions. I'm just so thankful for where we are today compared to where we used to be. But folks, you, you know, it's like Jared said in his comments during praise and worship, it's great to look back. But if you're always looking back, you're going to fail to move forward. You're going to fail to say, God, as good as it was, man, what must you have in store for the future? The best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. So how, what's your next action after this sermon? What's the next thing you can do? Well, the next thing you can do is begin to pray. But be here Wednesday night. Be here Wednesday night. We're going to have communion Wednesday night. I'm going to share brief, the praise team, and then we're just going to pray for our church. And we're going to pray for the world, and we're going to pray for our community, and we're going to pray for people who don't know Jesus to come know Jesus. We're going to pray about a lot of things. Again, we're going to give you a prayer list, and what we hope you'll do is take your prayer list and add to it, write on it, write on it things you got. And let's pray, and let's seek God, and let's ask Him to take more control of the future of the bridge and the future of our individual lives. And the people of the bridge said, let's all stand.